0: Pull up a broom and light a candle. It's time for Witch Eye for the Muggle Guy. And today I have a very, very wonderful and special guest with me. Her name is Julia Phoenix. She is a relationship coach and transformational healer. And um, I also know her as a very powerful healer. And I'm just, I'm so happy that you uh, took some time to talk to us today. So, welcome to the podcast. And um, I just want to start with the question I ask everybody, when did you first know you were different?
1: Uh, thank you so much, Margaret. I'm, I'm really, really stoked to be here and to be able to share with you, um, you know, first of all, I just wanted to, to kind of say that and, and say that you've helped me so much and I love that we can share and help mm-hmm. each other you. Likewise, likewise. So as to your question, You know, I was thinking about it, and I think um, it was very likely kindergarten that, you know, I started to get, you know, because I was maybe socializing more with other humans, and (laughs) um, I I started to get that that I was different. I couldn't seem to stop myself from speaking out (laughs) ever, um, in class especially, and I always you know what was was kind of this free spirit I would like jump up on tables and start singing mm. I wanted to entertain everybody and um you know oh wow yeah I got funny looks I got teachers you know reprimanding me and I got some accolades but you know I had a big personality so once I started to um and I and I wasn't afraid to to speak out about things I didn't like or things that um I saw that were happening that were wrong you know Mm-hmm. Um, even to the teacher, you know, standing up and, and that sort of thing. So that didn't always go over so well. <laughs> right.
0: <I> can imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, how do you think that? I mean, that's, that's such a great skill to have, though. I mean, that's such a great skill that, um, I mean, I don't know. Do you feel like it was sort of shut down in you after- very shortly after that or, yes. or around that time?
1: It was it was around that time, I believe, maybe very shortly after. Um, and and that's that's part of why, you know, the work that I do, a lot of it centers around um, helping women to embody and to speak, you know, from a place of clarity and truth within themselves, because I do feel like that um, innate capacity that I had was uh, was more or less stripped for me. And, and I think that's what happens with abuse and I suffered a lot of childhood abuse childhood sexual abuse and um and and then just the conditioning right like my family was part of this um spiritual cult actually and there was like a just a very heavy sense of oppression mm-hmm. around what you could say and what you couldn't say you know um how you were supposed to like present and uh and you know anytime that I would point something out because this was also the case in my family right i saw all the stuff that was going on i know you can relate to this margaret but yes. you know i would see it and i would call it out you know mm-hmm. and i got you know i would i would get put in my place for it you know so to speak and so eventually um you know i really started kind of just conforming and this is a societal thing as well so you know nice girls you know are, you know are quiet in class and you know are just nice and you know don't necessarily express in that way um so it's been a journey to recover that uh, definitely it's
0: just it's incredible to me that you've been able to re. do you do you sort of think of it as a rebuilding as or uh, of like um how do you feel like you've regained this beautiful voice that you have I mean do you how do you even describe it
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful. I I think it it is a bit of a rebuilding or reconstructing, I would say. Um, I would say like reconstructing. It's almost like, um, you know, if you had like a really beautiful picture or a painting and someone were to rip it up in a million little pieces, but then someone else were to come along and like glue those pieces together to make this kind of like mosaic, you know, and, and make a whole new kind of work of art from it. With all the original pieces intact that's sort of how i would describe it you know it's it's about regaining those um aspects of self and they really are i mean i know you talk about them as soul beings mm-hmm. are these fractures of our soul that have split off because of the trauma because of the conditioning and you know um through the process of really committing to uh To feeling deeply um, and to going back and working with those inner child parts of me and reclaiming them um, it's like you know more of my consciousness actually came back into my physical body Mm -hmm. and I I had more of me to work with and and I also regained so much so much strength uh, through that process the strength to I don't know, to basically just um, say F it, you know, if I do get a negative response, I'm grown now. And (laughs) this is what I choose, what I came here to do. This is how I came here to live my life. And if there are people who uh, aren't okay with that, they don't have to be in my life. And that includes my family, you know? So I've found a new family because it's like when you uh, make that commitment, it's almost like you're a lighthouse for beings that, um, you know, like with you, you know, you you have this similar type of a vibe and soul mission and and you become this lighthouse and attract people towards you that are committed to the same things. And I actually want to hear what you have to say,
0: right? Yes. And I, I feel like, um, kind of talking a little bit about soul beings I just feel like there are so many aspects of like the feminine culture around being a nice girl and what that means to be a good girl to do sort of like the right thing in the right way and that includes like a lot of martyrdom and overgiving and the idea of the poor girl and the, the suffering um, the suffering saint kind of yeah. and um, I, I'm so passionate about you know those are so easy to identify in our timelines most of us for most of us and I'm I'm so passionate about trying to help people bring back those beings of their soul that that have the power. I mean there is so much power in authenticity there's so much power in being the seer and in the prophet and of course you have to kind of, you know, put up with um, the, the, the resistance to that and to the reactivity. But um, it's just, it feels like such a different time now around, around that work. Um, and, and so intense, right? Like, a, I think an intensity around the need for it, yes. an intensity around how it gets received, how it doesn't get
1: received. Yes. It's
0: kind of all fascinating
1: to me. I agree. Yeah. I mean, and I see exactly what you're talking about. I think this is a great um, process of reclamation on planet Earth um, of especially collectively for, um, you know, for the feminine. Uh, And I feel as well, actually, um, speaking of it in those terms, a lot of the aspects of self that women have, been you know really forced to split off from at a young age um due to our conditioning Uh, you know they contain traits that could be seen as more masculine you know they contain our autonomy they contain our forward moving energy um you know there there are feminine aspects as well of course that we've that we've lost along the way but um a lot of that i don't know that clarity that strength of knowing this is who i am this is what I need and want. I know exactly how to ask for it. I know exactly where to go to get it. I have boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Have like masculine principles, and those are the the types, you know, the parts of us, the soul beings that I feel like were really ripped from us um, quite young. Many of us women, would you agree?
0: I agree 100% and um, I also, you know, I I have such a hard time talking about boundaries. I People will ask me, I'll have, you know, people I'm working with who, who will say, you know, I think I need better boundaries, you know, and I'll say it's just so elusive that I feel like it has to be on a case-by-case energetic, uh, a case-by-case basis energetically. Yes. Where you, and then you, it, I mean, for it to be, for it to land well and be sort of an, an easy-ish sort of thing that you can kind of see happening without like a lifetime of work, then it has to really, um, that it, it has to be finessed and kind of, um, I don't know, there, there just has to be some, some. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's always hard for me to talk about about what it means to have a healthy boundary
1: um as a woman yes Um, yes well we're women we're not going to it's not it's not going to be a thing where it's linear and it's concrete and there's the wall and there's the line and we don't cross it ever ever you know right can't be that way right and and um and it doesn't work that way for anyone anyway, because you know, I really love, actually, it's uh, Teal Swan's definition of what a boundary is. She just says that it's very simply a sense of self. You know, and, and I, I actually did my uh, master's thesis on boundaries and the relationship between the development of interpersonal boundaries and symptom reduction amongst adult women with bulimia. So for me, you know, and I, I struggled with bulimia for honestly actually most of my life, um, and it was a huge. I mean, it was bulimia was a boundary for me. It was a reaction to not being able to have boundaries, to not being able to have a sense of self. Uh, and ownership over my body and ownership of my needs and preferences and wants and desires. You know, there are, there are incoming boundary violations, which are the ones that most people talk about is like right. attacking me or coming into my space. There are also outgoing boundary violations. like. I didn't like that uh, you hung up so quickly on me the other day and I wanted to spend more time with you. Like, that's a boundary, you know? mm-hmm I think about it like that, and, and I also had a therapist tell me once that a boundary is not about saying no to someone else. It's about saying yes to yourself. So I think what you said really hit the nail on the head in terms of being able to stay in an intuitive flow and in connection with yourself, with your feeling body, with your energy body, with everything that's going on inside in any given moment, and being able to sort of ask and answer the question, what honors me right now? You know, what is
0: that? Oh, yes. That's, yes, that's, those are so important. Those questions are so important, Mm -hmm. and I think that um, that can help uh more than any other sort of rigid rule right that we try and um make ourselves do that doesn't that maybe feels like it's it's not going to to actually work the way we want it to Yes. Yeah. Um, and I know on, on the last podcast, um, my guest Maruska, um, who does work in Italy around eating disorder, she also just des- was describing her experience with anorexia as, as a boundary because it was like her one control mechanism or her one sense of knowing or her one sure thing to sort of fall back on in her life. It was really... A fascinating way to to also describe um, what we what we sort of what our coping mechanisms are um, around around boundaries.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I actually, you know, I suffered from anorexia um, for a period as well, and I, I absolutely feel the same in, in, in my own case. That anorexia was a boundary, and and for me it was also it was like the only way that I could take ownership of my body, you know? Right. Yes. Right.
0: Yes. And that that had to have been such a such a brave journey for you to kind of um, just take on. Um, I just I really applaud all the work that you've done because I know it's
1: been it's been a lot. Thank you so much. It, it sure has been. And, you know, there have been times when I felt like it's not really a choice, you know, it's just kind of like life shoved me. You know, it has shoved me into situations where my back is against the wall and I need help, you know, or something real bad's going to happen. Um, yeah. but, you know, I'm really grateful for those times in my life. I also had, uh, you know, uh, some pretty major battles with drug addiction and you know just always um was led to the right thing at the right time for that phase of my journey and and I also don't want to undercut myself worked my ass off you know totally absolutely
0: I really want to know what one of your witchiest experiences
1: has been Um, Well, what comes up actually is uh, working with clients. So I'm working with clients on their, you know, know, you've described my work in the past as like very sort of grounded um, in a sense that it's mostly on an emotional level and that, you know, that I'm working. It's not all energetic. It's a lot of going into this, this timeline, this particular story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what will happen sometimes is that other timelines will bleed through, or um, I'm thinking of one case specifically where relatives will come in and say, Hey, (laughs) we need your help too. Um, Can you transmute this pattern like for us as well? Um, so you know I've had relatives come in and uh, you know have me messages to you know tell me messages to give to clients (laughs) I have helped relatives cross over that wow yeah that have not um, had peace Uh, and often as well if I'm you know, helping someone through a massive integration, right. A, a, a really big, um, reclamation of soul beings. I will see their, uh, face and their form start to shape shift. And sometimes like if it's a woman, they'll turn into a male, you know, or they'll turn a totally different race, a totally different, um, facial features so it's like this weird sort of melding of you know of timelines that happens and the the coolest part is for me margaret is like i just show the fuck up you know i don't know can i curse on here yes you can i love that <laughs> yes show I, the fuck up
0: that's amazing I know the fuck you, up, you know and then what i, I do yeah yeah and i know that that's um when i did some some work with a past life healer named Daryl Holzer about 10 years ago who really helped me Um, that's what sort of she would describe she would describe both as like spirit guides as sort of these shape shifters as well as um, our own um, past lives and the timelines that she could see Um, and it's just really it's just so fascinating you know it's just
1: sort of Um, endlessly fascinating you know I had to exclaim because that's how I've felt and what I've perceived and I've actually never heard anyone describe that in that way so yes
0: yes that is how it was described to me by by her and um, I mean it just it kind of it it feels right you know Mm -hmm. it it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. um
1: could it be okay um <laughs> splaining. so I think my biggest gripe so I I came from um, like I said uh, a family where there was um, there was cult abuse but this was not like a, a religious Christian or judeo-christian type of a structure it was actually an Eastern cult and the practices of meditation and Um, non-dualistic teachings and things like that were um, quite dissociative and there was not an integration with the physical embodiment really, you know, with uh, an honoring of emotions um, an honoring of the ego. So I would say, well, two things, (laughs) embodiment, 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 embodiment. Um, You must be in your body if you want to ascend it's not going to happen by you know floating somewhere up there in fact that takes you further away we have to go in you know that's why we're here that's why we have human bodies and also um, a lot of teachings you know that I've found do not work for women who have had trauma And so you can't tell me to be in the present moment if I'm having a PTSD flashback, you know, (laughs) like, like, just fuck right off with that, honestly, is how I feel. Um, So what I would love is for people to be more aware of trauma and how it affects people, you know, and and not to give these, um, these very standard kind of spiritual answers for things.
0: Yeah, it's like a a blanket statement. Um, Exactly yeah i um I have a lot of experience with um, I was uh, close to someone who 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 was in a and raised and born into and raised into an Eastern cult. Oh. Um, and it, you know, the stories that I heard um, mm-hmm. were sort of like, the truth coming out Mm -hmm. um all these decades later and Mm -hmm. um while most people did okay and those were the men the males yep in truth um (laughs) you know i i i didn't get a chance to meet any of the any of the girl children or girls Mm -hmm. or women who who grew up in that in that atmosphere Mm. and um you know when i started hearing these stories uh i just thought what am i what am i hearing because yeah. i you know i was there just like so excited to hear like all about it and you know i had been to india and i wanted to know like which mm. guru and like and then i was definitely in my body when i when i yeah. was like, like no, actually they were hooding people mm-hmm. and kidnapping them, mm-hmm. deciding who they thought needed enlightenment. Yes, and then they were like kelly would I mean, they were just yes. you know, um, sort of enslaved or some something. I don't, I don't know exactly what you know the the whole thing was, but I um, I had a real wake up call mm-hmm. at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. I here I was thinking um. Oh, it's it's not you know all the all what I had seen growing up, where where Christian cults, right? Some real like the LDS, like real severe. Um, and so that's what I knew. So I just assumed that oh well, if you go to the other, if part it's of the Eastern, world,
1: then it'll yeah, be
0: then, fine. Then it's the opposite end of the spectrum. Like there's right. there's nobody trying to marry you off at thirteen. You're winning, right? Like right. that's what we're trying to write. oh my god and I just thought oh I felt so I was so I just felt so like humbled in that moment mm-hmm. thinking that I had really thought I was like knowing gonna you know find out some really cool like secretive like you know I don't know what it was I don't know mm-hmm. what I was like hoping to hear about and then um, for it to sort of unravel the way it did I just thought okay mm-hmm. this is you know this is what's going on and this is why like I I kind of um was so happy to be in my religious studies program and and know like I was just very intent on getting mm. history of 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 all of them right like of the, yeah. the lineage of all of them because um I will say that I've I've found problems in all of them so, absolutely you know yes I, mean? like, I, mean, <laughs> I do I, yeah yeah so um i want to make it clear that i I, yeah i um i i definitely feel like um they can all be picked apart and uh seen for what they are at any time
1: yeah and and that type of dysfunction exists everywhere in our society you know and it is in religious institutions of all kinds you know The, the you know the the guru that my family followed um there were you know there, there were all of those types of scandals and there were also there was also you know sexual abuse and pedophilia and you know it's people who are the the maddening thing is that they're sort of teaching from this higher perspective so it's not that what they're seeing is wrong it's not that people aren't getting some people aren't getting benefit from it in fact so it, it it's like there is this sort of like darker underbelly absolutely. Um, you know absolutely god it makes it
0: i'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly it does it mm-hmm. makes it like a billion times worse to think about the um the atrocities under that under that name of of peace and love and and unity. yeah yeah Well, um, I want to hear more about your work now. It's just it's it it feels so um, it just feels huge, complex and more than anything else. um, Exactly what the world needs. Oh, thank you. Please let's just talk about
1: it. I Really appreciate that and you know I, I do feel that way actually about my work I, I feel like um, the world doesn't need another uh, spiritual teacher that's going to talk about lofty principles it's, it's that the world needs to come back home to their physical human experience and um, I do that work mostly with women and I am a relationship coach um, and I and I work with women who have really dysfunctional relational patterns, but you know, it's really um, about everything. because <laughs> relationships with other humans, even what we were just talking about, those are about relationships with other humans, you know, that's right. Um, that's where all of our trauma points are, you know, and that's how healing really happens, actually, is creating new experiences, new experiences around relationship. Um, But I do a lot of inner child work with people. I do a lot of going back to traumatic events and recovering the lost um, aspects of self, those soul beings, and actually bringing them back home. I also do some coaching and mentoring. Um, A lot of my work has to do with encouraging people to understand and accept their need for support their emotional needs, their needs for connection. These are all these feminine principles that have been shunned um, on planet earth and continue to be shunned in so many spiritual and religious circles. You know, these very human, 3D, very real aspects of our experience, which most people don't know how to do. And so they just throw their hands up in the air and they say, well, I'll just meditate, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. because everything I need is inside me, bullshit. Your family failed you, the schools failed you, people failed you, and so you feel alone and you're shattered and you're looking for something, but it's not up there, you know? Um, and so my, my sort of vision in, in doing this work is empowering people to, uh, to understand their needs in a new way, to advocate for those to realize that it's not a dirty word to be needy, we all need people you know absolutely um, and I, I,
0: I detest this idea that we're just supposed to like be like alone like we'll be yeah. fine just alone by ourselves and we've got boundaries and we're exactly like, doing it all like we're just self-contained little like <laughs> and i'm like it drives me crazy it's not that's me nowhere too, in the history,
1: <laughs> you
0: know of humanity is that how it works that's not yeah that's just go back to anthropology
1: exactly exactly yes yes my degree is in in human development my master's and and it's like it's the same so if you look at actually just human history and anthropology sociology biology right, right you'll see that like we are a tribal species we are pack animals we need each other badly and we do all kinds of crazy things Um, you know, in order to get connection. I mean, I'm gonna get real dark and serious right now just for one second, but basically, I mean, pedophilia, even the darkest crimes, murder, at the root of those crimes are people who feel disconnected from other people and they are desperately trying to make a connection with another human being. Right. That's the truth. And so if we had a world in which people were in touch with their feeling bodies, In which people were um, able to really relate to one another in functional ways and get those needs met, everything about society would change. Julia, you're brilliant,
0: Mm. you're genius, and I absolutely adore you. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. I love you too, and um, let's talk again really soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for this, Margaret. Thank you. Mm. Bye.